Hello, everybody. Welcome to the mailbag. Yes, it's time to open the mailbag, everybody. Welcome, all you beautiful Patreon subscribers. My goodness, I love each and every one of you. You are the wind beneath all of our wings. Let me tell you that. In the studio with me is Andy and David. How are you doing, chaps? Good. Very good. Yeah, sure. Very good. <laughs> I do like your Liam Gallagher uh, style, the way you've got the microphone, David. I've never yeah. seen that in that studio, because most people have the microphone sort of pointing it up into your mouth, or you've got it sort of down in the... In the, the difference is that David has yeah. never subscribed to waiting a lifetime to spend his life in the sunshine. Absolutely. Well, he's from the northeast. Yeah. So, you know, he'll be waiting a long time. <laughs> As you were. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Tap. Well played. Uh, anyway, um, someone uh, has just handed me the mailbag. Although I did say last week, didn't I, that the mailbag's not an actual thing. It's more of sort of an ideology. Well, why, why am I opening a piece of mail then? Very well. I'm, I'm pretty disappointed. Do you know my dream job as a, as a kid was a postman? Is that right? Really? Yeah, and yeah, here you are on the Football Rambles mailbag. Fuck's it. I know, eh? Yeah. You didn't achieve your dream, but I would say that... <laughs> This is more of a, I wouldn't call it a nightmare, but a daymare, I think. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. go for, you know, you're sort of in control of it, but still you don't really want it happening, yeah. I think. I passed the postman on the way here. I was really envious. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> He's got a nice day and I'm going to have a terrible one. <laughs> right, let's begin with Michael Evans, who says, where do you think Timo Werner will be playing once he leaves Leipzig? Well, Michael, I mean, you know, might he stay, Andy? Well, it's not to be completely ruled out because when you get to the elite level of the game, mm-hmm. um, there's a smaller and smaller market and there are quite a small amount of feasible destinations for Timo Werner. Mm-hmm. Not in the sense of his price because his buyout would be, uh, that he agreed with his new contract, would be affordable for for, for most teams. It's thought to be around the 60 million euro mark. Mm-hmm. Um but obviously he's he's got to accept that. And if he's going to move on from Leipzig, he has to feel it's a real step up. Mm. They've turned themselves into a team that's not only established in the Bundesliga, but an established wannabe title challenger. Champions League side, Andy. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're closer to being a regular title challenger than Gladbach. Maybe almost on a level sports-wise with, with, with Dortmund. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see, but... Would Dortmund, not, would Dortmund not be a step up? Um, well, firstly, the fans wouldn't have him, I don't think. Like, okay. Which is which is really weird, isn't it? I don't think it's something that people would be bothered about in an English context, for example. But um, anything connected with um, RB Leipzig or, or Red Bull is an absolute no yeah. in Dortmund. And funnily enough, the image that Timo Werner has... He's still, he's still having, slagged off. In Germany. Yeah. There, there's still a lot of people who don't like him. Why is that? Was he a diver or something? They for, said? Well, that was part of it. But right. signing signing for Leipzig was another thing yeah. that, that a, a lot of fans have a have a problem with. And he's, he's got to he's, leave Germany at some point, surely. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's the most likely thing. I mean, he thought for a while that he was going to, to Bayern, but they never went the full nine yards for him. Mm. Um, so even though Bayern could theoretically get him it's very unlikely that he would go there now and that's why more and more people are talking about Liverpool and Chelsea obviously so many more talking about Liverpool because he's made the hardest sell since Frank Ribery was trying to get the Ballon d'Or in 2013 oh, yeah. in terms of his uh, 
public campaign to put out there how he feels he would fit at Liverpool and the, <laughs> uh, uh, and the rest of it. But this is this is German football culture. You know, transfers don't generally get left until the summer. They get sorted out and it's like, oh, player X is going to go and play for Schalke in four months. Just deal with it. Yeah, you, you know, so it's, it's a very, very different, more business-like way. That's not to say there's no emotion. I mean, you look at the treatment that uh, Alexander Nubel has, has received after announcing that he would leave Schalke to go to to Bayern in, in, in the summer. I was um, at, at Köln Schalke a couple of weeks ago for at the match. He made a really bad mistake at the end of it. And as he went to wave to the fans at the end, you, you had like 4,000 traveling fans chanting Nubel aus, Nubel out. Ooh, uh, so, uh, and you know, Leon Goretzka has been through that before as well, especially when um, Schalke played, played Bayern. But what we know is whatever the situation is with, Timo Werner, he's got a strong sense of what he wants to do with his career. He's not going to be pressured into anything. He's not going to be made to do anything mm-hmm. that 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 he doesn't want to do. I th- I think Chelsea would be a really nice fit for him. Firstly, because you can see him getting in the first team, or the first eleven quicker. Um, but secondly, I feel he would be an upgrade for them and a real central piece. He'd get properly. Lent on. I mean, that's not to say Liverpool definitely won't happen. Um, it's just where he fits, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think that's the thing because don't you think, David, that for, for as great as Liverpool are, and maybe it's partly because we're recording this just as they've gone out of the Champions League, mm. but it's, it's been the thing I've thought about Liverpool for a while that at some point they're going to have to move on. I mean, they've they've got more out of this team than say Real Madrid, who after winning the final in Cardiff in 2017, thought. We are the perfect team. We can't get any better. You can't improve this team, which is a really dangerous mindset, yeah. I think. And yeah, I it, think so. If, if, if it fell apart quite, quite quickly after there's that. There's so they, many they teams, I think, in history who have, who have gone by that, oh, it's not broke, so, and then suddenly mm. it does break. But, but that means at, at some point, Liverpool are going to have to decide to shift like one of the unshiftables. Yeah. You know, because that is, you know, football moves on. Players yeah. get older. Relationships change. Stuff gets stale, so you I know think, maybe maybe that's what you're looking at if you're Timo Werner. What do you think? I think the Sancho transfer is also going to be linked to this. It might yeah. be the fact that you know there's going to be a group of teams who want him. Whoever doesn't get him might look at Werner as kind of the, the mm. fallback. Mm. I know they're quite different in terms of the characteristics they bring mm. to a team, but yeah, I think it could be intrinsically linked. Mm, right, so we think a big move to the Premier League. No, I, I think I think that's the most likely thing for mm. Timo Werner. On the other hand, if we're talking about Jadon Sancho, mm. if I was Real Madrid, I'd throw all the cash I have at him because they're they're getting back Ashraf Hakimi, and the link between Hakimi and Sancho is terrific. The technical link. I mean, what whatever they're going to do in the summer, I'm not saying Real Madrid are going to do that. No, Andy, but you, if, I think you've said if enough. If I was them. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would do David, um, David you shook your head just because just, just you want to be Real Madrid on. sporting yeah. director someone disagreed with the point you made Anne. it's a very rare thing and I want to sort of <laughs> he's, he's not Brazilian and he hasn't he's played more than five professional games so <laughs> <laughs> not even going to look at him <laughs> I knew there was a strong argument against that it's a convincing one it's a convincing one alright well let, let's move on with this with uh, James Hammond who says do you think Vicente Guaita should be called up for Spain's upcoming fixtures. I know he's 33, but he's far superior to Kepa and has been Crystal Palace's player of the season. David, does Spain often monitor um, Crystal Palace players when picking their side? I mean, will that sway them at all if uh, the feeling is he's been Palace's player of the season? 
Um, absolutely not. I think there's been a, there's a general... <laughs> Very dismissive there, Andy, <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Slagging off Real Madrid, now he's going to go Palace. Who's next in the firing line? <laughs> I'm worried for AFC Wimbledon, frankly. I, I'm always worried about them. <laughs> Don't get me started. Those <laughs> yeah, go, right. go no, on, no, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the thing that goes against them potentially is his age. I think Spain have been trying the last mm-hmm. few years to bring down the average age of the squad. And there are some very, very talented young goalkeepers. I'm, I think... The, the keeper to come in right now is probably Unai Simon from Athletic Bilbao, who mm. I think has been the best goalkeeper in La Liga this season, who's not called Ter Stegen uh, in Oblak. <laughs> so, yeah, Spanish yeah. goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, Spanish goalkeeper. So there you go. So I think he is probably in line. And, and Gaeta, you know, a brilliant goalkeeper. He was excellent at Hatafe. I actually think Hatafe, given how successful they still are, do still miss him. I think, you know, he's such a good goalkeeper. So he has been good, but just a little bit too late in the day, I think, unfortunately mm. for him. What about bring Pepe Reina back? Oh God, no! <laughs> Not on recent form. Well, anyway. When they're going to win something, you need him in the squad. You've got to have him uh, as cheerleader. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Spanish David May. That's what it's all about. Uh, actually, <laughs> four goal. Take four goalkeepers to the tournament, David. I think people would be really interested to know that something that's not really appreciated outside Spain mm. that often. The fact that David de Gea is so much more rated in England than he ever was in Spain. Absolutely. And it all boils down to the transfer saga with Real Madrid. Atleti, he was rated highly. There was even talk of him potentially going to Real Madrid one day and a cross-city move. Mm. I think when he, spo- you know, he spurned the advances of Real Madrid, that saga played out. And there was there's a general feeling in the Madrid media that De Gea didn't push it enough to, to leave, basically. I think right. they wanted him to go a full Ronaldo. Um, you know, who, who knows what the, the future holds. That sort of thing at, yeah. all, at every you know passing so they, opportunity. Still hold that against them in Spain, do they? Absolutely. Um, and then every error that he makes is is magnified. And and you've got to remember that the majority of Spanish media is Madrid based. Yes. Um. And, and you know, there's a lot of Real Madrid fans who are prominent figures in the media, so they always go for mm-hmm. the hair in that sense. So that's why his errors will always be magnified. Especially the one against Portugal and you know, um, yeah, World yeah, Cup, yeah. that doesn't help. Man. But, but by that point, there were a lot of people who thought Kepa should be the first pick anyway. It was, yeah, that's because Kepa was very much and and currently Unai Simon, who's currently Athletic Bilbao, uh, who was funnily enough Kepa's replacement, um, mm. is is the chosen one, shall yeah. we say, to, to come in. And, and there's a lot the feeling that he should start in the Euros. The, the other thing with De Gea that, that's interesting is the fact that they've had. Like better goalkeepers since him, like, like uh, in terms thinking? of in terms of how they played for Atletico, mm-hmm. like Courtois was more fondly remembered. Like he completely got rid of De Gea's memory, yep. and then after that, of course, Oblak has completely mm-hmm. supplanted Courtois. So like, it's so much further down. Like De Gea is ancient history for them, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. I mean. That's having your club specific, though. I mean, in terms of the Spanish national, Atleti team. fans didn't really have. Yeah, a... but but in terms in terms of the view of him, that mm. makes a difference. Even okay. Atletico Madrid fans didn't like De Gea that much. There was a bit of a feeling. Why there was that? He left too early, and he never really created a bond with the with the fans. He was mm-hmm. never seen as an Atleti boy. Atleti fans are so big on on how you feel the club. They generally thought that De Gea was a bit cold, a bit lacked a bit of personality, mm-hmm. um, and and. and Atleti fans got a good sense of that. They didn't really um, like Rodri very much as well. And there's others, the Hernandez brothers, they were very much part of a clique um, that didn't really feel the club, that were always mm-hmm. out and about, that away from club events. And and yeah, so it was just one of those what things. What do you think of Kieran Trippier? Oh, they really like Trippier. Do they? Oh, Trips, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, I saw him obviously interviewed after um, the recent Liverpool-Atleti game and so on. And, it, you know, an Englishman playing abroad is... is 
reasonably well, it's not as rare as it used to be but uh, yeah I, I, I like Trevor I hope he's doing I think, well. I think two things he's really bought into the idea of Simeone's tactics oh, and he what has, he's wanting yeah. to achieve uh, and secondly he's, he's made an effort to integrate into the culture as well he hasn't just housed himself up and uh-huh. you know not left he, he's, he's learning the language he, he's out and about in Madrid he's good friends with some of the squad he mm. tries and converses with them as well um, so you've got to admire I think what he's done how's he uh, playing Trevor. is he alright I think he's done very well mm. yeah yeah Euros if it goes ahead uh, absolutely yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm. He's, I think it's I think it's crossing such a big factor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, we go back to Germany. This one, Dan Wade wades in with how long are Werder Bremen going to persevere with Kofeld? He's uh, they've been on free fall for some time now. Andy, they're all in on him. Yeah. And um, it's re- really interesting to see uh, Frank Baumann, the sporting director, his defence of Kofeld at, at every turn, and results have been. Terrible. I mean, as things stand at the time of recording, they're not just in relegation trouble. They look doomed. They look Mm. absolutely doomed. So I think they reached a point probably three weeks ago Mm -hmm. where you think, you know what? Change the coach. It's not going to make a difference. They're always trapped in this cycle, Werder Bremen, over recent years of... um, since Victor Skripnik, who was a teammate of Bauman um, in the 2004 double winning side, the, 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 and, you know, Skripnik for a while brought that magic back before it, it, it fell to bits. And he'd been in charge of the under-23s before. So Skripnik goes and they appoint Alex Nuri, who's also a son of the club, not, though not such a prestigious player, um, from the under-23s. And then he goes. Mm. And then the next under-23 manager gets it, which is Florian Kofeld. But I think with Kofeld, it's slightly different because people really want to believe in him. Um, Why is when, that? When he, came, uh, when he took over at, at Werder Bremen like a year and a half ago, initially, temporarily, they were in trouble at the bottom. And he's like, normally when a coach takes over a team at the bottom, it's like, right, we're going to build from the back. We're going to defend properly. And he was like, no, 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 no. We're going to attack teams. We're going to have a go. We're going to play proper football. And people love that because when you have a club with such an illustrious history as Werder Bremen, and we talk about that 2004 double winning side that people still talk about, and the shadow of which is still hanging over the club because Bauman, having played such a part as a player, is still there. It's, it's, you think, well, how can we have been reduced to this? You know, fighting against relegation season after season dire football so for and the thing that really finished off Alex Nuri Kofeld's predecessor is having when he initially took up, took over got them close to qualifying to European football with some quite swashbuckling football in the last two months of the season he then went back and said right if we're going to have a sustainable future we've got to build from the back and he spent so long tightening it up they forgot how to attack and it all finished in a rather inglorious fashion mm-hmm. so you know, Werder Bremen fans aren't as demanding as they could be. I think a lot of them are very, very realistic. But with Kofeld, you felt a swell of optimism because you thought, well, maybe they could go somewhere because they're playing positive football. They have a positive attitude. I think they accept that they're not... Are they good to watch? They have been. I suppose you're guaranteed goals. Yeah, they've not really been this season mm-hmm. because... Um, They've struggled. There's been a few holes in the team. I think that the squad is a little 
unbalanced and uneven. They've been really, really unfortunate with injuries as well. And that is part of the reason that Kofelt has been cut so much slack. It's what well, if you fire him, the next guy's got 10 players out as well. So I think their reason, reasoning behind keeping him was fair enough. But, but you have to wonder, have they become so militant and has Bauman become so militant with the idea of we believe in this guy's philosophy, we believe in this guy as someone who understands the club? Has it been, right, we're going to stick with him, come what may, even if we go down? Mm-hmm. You know, there's always an argument. <clears throat> if we chop him now, can we get in Bruno Labbadia, one of these relegation specialists, as they call them in Germany, someone who could at least get a third from bottom? Because if you're third from bottom, you're in the relegation promotion playoff against the team that's third in, in Bundesliga Zwei. And normally, with Union Berlin last year being the exception, it's the team that's already in the Bundesliga that wins that. You know, there's quite a pronounced gap. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe it could still happen. I tend to think they've left it a little bit too late and they are in this rut. But it must be tempting when you look just above them and you see the likes of Fortuna Dusseldorf and, and Mainz. Okay, the gap's getting bigger. But those are teams that Werder Bremen, with the talent that they have in the squad, should be able, able to overhaul because, you know, they still have Milot Rashica, they still have David Klaassen. You know, they, they have players who, they're not one of the worst two squads in the league, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. If they did go down, would you would you expect them to go back? I know it's very speculative. Would you would you be worried about them dropping further, or would you think that they would have the chance? Because if you, you if can get keep... stuck, you can get stuck. Well, of course, I, you I can. Think... It's a very no, no. I, th- I think you're, you're absolutely you're absolutely right to ask that question, Mark. I, th- I think because... you can see that you're, you're too big to go down, sort of thing. And, yeah. And that that mentality stays with players, and then you just before you know it, you've been there two, three, four years. Exactly, and the mm. pressure to come back up is is. Absolutely yeah. immense. For, yeah, for when, when you think of like that. what's happened to Stuttgart, the mm. way that Hamburg threw it, threw it away on the home straight last mm-hmm. season, and I think this season, if you look at the current state of play in the Bundesliga Zwei, mm-hmm. Bielefeld will probably get promoted just because Hamburg and Stuttgart are tripping over each other to cock it up. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're almost going to win promotion by default, Bielefeld, I think, mm-hmm. and maybe win the championship by by default. So that pressure is a very real thing. Mm. All right, let's uh, let's have a question from Sammy who says, is Jose Mourinho's next job going to be with the Portugal national team? I've been honest with you, when I saw Portugal, I thought it was going to be the Portugal government. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Portugal, what do you think, David? Jose Mourinho, I mean, he's at Tottenham Hotspur. It's not going that well. We'll see what we, he does in the summer, of course. Um, if football's still around in the summer. Um, the time of recording, it's not been cancelled. But what do you think of Mourinho? Do you think he could stay at Spurs for a while? Um... No, I think in the summer they'll probably look at it as, you know, we thought this was a good idea, but you've kind of got to just go, all right, yeah. this isn't working out. Um, I think he saw it odds with the scheme of the club and mm-hmm. what they're trying to achieve. And above all, I think he's completely done at the top level of club football. I agree with you. Absolutely. Um, doing it, I think, potentially for a few years. I think it was so evident when he was at Man United mm. that he, was, he hadn't moved on. Okay, he wants to stay in his ways. Fair enough. That's up to him. But don't expect, I think, to to maintain, you know, your place at the top level. So I think Portugal makes sense. And also, if he can just always call a player up, I mean, you can never complain about injuries, really. <laughs> <laughs> Although, did you see... He will find a way. <laughs> did you actually yes. see uh, um, Sven Joran Eriksson on Monday Night Football on, on Sky Sports last week when he said uh, that, that Mourinho... I mean, this was Mourinho a while ago, and Mourinho is, is, is a different beast, although... Yeah. 
no one's said <laughs> the contrary to bless you Andy uh, you. on the contrary don't worry listeners that, that won't uh, you don't have to wash your hands after that um, and he said about Mourinho um, that when he was England manager he would he would ask for his you know one or two Chelsea players or whatever and Mourinho just said well they're your players as soon as you decide to pick them then do what you want he said it was very very easy to deal with which you wouldn't have thought that Mourinho would be one of those. You think he would be more like Sir Alex Ferguson? I'd be interested to see how easy he is to deal with for club managers when he's uh, when he's an international coach. Uh, well, indeed, yeah. But but with Mourinho, I I always felt with Mourinho, and I felt this for some time, as I'm sure we have, and I totally agree with what you're saying. Done at the top, top mm. level, I always thought you know take that kind of more big club, but not elite level. You know, you think sort of I don't know, Roma or Valencia or Seville, somebody like that, or Sevilla. Uh, but they have to have money, obviously, and just basically get a club who kind of massively buy into everything you're you're doing. I mean, maybe he has to go to a Russian club or a Turkish club or something, but a club that's got a bit of money and will just be like, brilliant, we've got Jose Mourinho and they will bow to his, uh, you know, majesty. Yeah, I, I just wonder, is that the best way to, to build an up-and-coming club? I think you have to ask, is, is that the question? Is, I'm that, saying for is him, that the problem that, that Mourinho is running into at Tottenham at the moment? Well, I think because... I, th- I think that with, with Mourinho to go to a club that, like I say, have a bit of money and are already quite established, but they're a bit like, we want to kick on, we want to win something, mm. we want to maybe get into Champions League, all that kind of stuff. I think Mourinho could still do that, but all the elements would need to be angled towards him, if you see what I mean. Everything would need to be. And it's, that, it's, sounds, it's a huge ask. I think it sounds like you're talking about a return to Inter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, honestly, everything you've just described there. Right. Really... Well, it, well, it has to be somewhere where they don't really care about style, doesn't it? I mean, because yes. you, ha- you have to accept that whether you think Mourinho is finished at, at elite level or not, his brand has become toxic. Yeah. There's yeah. no doubt about that. And that's why when he was last available, last two times he was available, Bayern weren't interested. Mm-hmm. Why the last two times he's been available, Paris Saint-Germain haven't been interested, which really says something mm. because at, at one point they would have walked over hot mm. coals to get him. They've always want, wanted that superstar coach mm-hmm. and they've missed that superstar coach ever since the time that Carlo Ancelotti walked out of the building. Um, I can see him with Portugal at, at some point. It's been difficult, I think. There have been times, I think, in the last couple of years where maybe he would have gone for it, mm-hmm. but Fernando Santos has outperformed to, yeah. to such a level that he's difficult to shift. They've given him an extended contract. He's going through till 2022. Um, but at some point, they will move on from him. And I think that could be the time for, for Mourinho to take it. Because, of course, the legacy of Fernando Santos, of course, a guy who spent so much time in, in Greek football um, and in charge of the Greek national team, is for, for him... He's the Max Allegri of international football. There's never any imperative to play good football. He always says, look, the only thing that I care about is the result. And I don't care about anything else. And he's always been quite clear about that. Who's the other coach who we say, say see saying that? Allegri. Who's the other coach who should be saying that? Mourinho. Yeah. Because it would be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I, just, I just think, if you talk about him being um, over the hill at elite level, no one in Portugal would care about that if he got the job. Yeah. People would be absolutely stoked. And if you talk about his brand being toxic, mm. it's not toxic in Portugal. Why is that? Because people love him. Uh, people love to celebrate um, a Portuguese superstar doing it abroad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 
Mourinho and Cristiano Ronaldo are still the biggest names in, in Portuguese football and will continue to be for a very long time. The question is, how appealing a job is it if you're going in there and Cristiano Ronaldo's done? But the Portuguese have got so much young talent coming through. And who's the perfect coach to develop them, <laughs> to play in an aesthetically pleasing way? Touche, touche. But where would you see Mourinho going then? So if he leaves Spurs in the summer, let's mm. say, because I think people are probably thinking the same as you there, David. Yeah. Where would you, what kind of names of clubs? Because he's 57 now, and maybe the Portuguese national team job, as you say, is probably not up for grabs and maybe in a couple of years. Do, would you see him taking a bit of a hiatus or would you see him trying to cozy up to he's a, he's an a bloody, oligarch? He's a bloody good pundit. I'll yeah. say that. But he yeah. gets bored there. He's already said himself. Well, I, I you know, yeah. He was killing him. He said being out there and just being in studios. He mm-hmm. wanted to be back on the train field mm. and feeling yeah. the energy of it. But, um, but he's not going to be elite level, as Andy no. says. He's, he's not going to go to the one or two of the sides Andy was mentioning there. I, th- I think Valencia is a good show. He's got friends there. You know, but that's the, kind of, club, yeah. that's the yeah. kind of size of club that I yeah. would see. I mean, you could argue Spurs is like that, but you know, Levy controls the purse strings yeah. and that. I, I, I'm amazed that... that those two are working together, yeah. quite frankly. Um, yeah, but, yeah, Valencia makes a lot of sense for me. I think the people who are already there running the club, um, I think some of the players who are already there would, would be there with them as well. Money-wise? I mean, the financial side of it has to be an issue, doesn't it? Mm. At some point, either he has to take a lower wage or take a more performance-based wage, right? Yeah, exactly. He'd have to take a lower wage, but I think the key thing is he, he's got Mendes in that club. So George Mendes is already there. Yeah, he can push a few deals through, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're you're still talking, but all I'm hearing is guiding Wolves to their first Premier League title. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. All right, gentlemen, we'll, we'll finish this question uh, from Grazer on the on the Discord. He said, "Would the Premier with the with the Premier League being cancelled and no one being relegated, promoted, would this be the most Leeds United thing of all time?" <laughs> <laughs> I think Liverpool are worried. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah. Just the thought of that is making me cough. Don't worry, it's not a dry one. No, I, I, I want to, I want to see Leeds in the Premier League. I yeah. really want to see yeah, Leeds in the Premier League. Definitely want to see them. I, I, yeah. You feel that even more so? I know that. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Why right. is that? Leeds, I just, just, everybody hates them. It's fantastic. And, and <laughs> Bielsa just, in the they, Premier League. I got to sit on the Bielsa bucket in Talksport the other day. No. Oh, it's brilliant. And I think a year, you know, even if it's a year or a couple of years at Elland Road in the Premier League, back being a Premier League ground mm-hmm. again. I mean, if you ever went, I mean, I remember I went there when they were in Europe with the old Boyer team, Baduga, mm. and mm. European night at Elland Road was. Oh, it's a bear pit, isn't it? Yeah, it was, anyway. <laughs> yeah, different gravy. In different gravy yeah, granules. Really uh, but yeah, I mean, it would be the most least thing of all time if they were denied promotion through the coronavirus or something like that. You're determined to press this, aren't you? Well, no, it's the question that was asked. <laughs> no, no, it, no. Would, it would be very much so. But yeah, I know what you mean. I Manchester United fans, uh, friends of mine who support Manchester United, they want Leeds back. Again, yeah, right? absolutely. No, great city, great people, great mm. club, great ground. I, you know, there's a Bielsa's there as well. You want to see him in the Premier League? You know, yeah. once before he that's retires. That's the that's the thing for me. Yeah. I, 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 just, right, okay. I just want to Not see. Not giving Bielsa Patrick there. Bamford another go at the Premier League. Is that the thing for you, Andy? As well? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He's scoring a lot of goals, isn't he? <laughs> He's just going to stay in the championship for the rest of his career. He's one of those he, players, he, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Luke always says it's Huckabee zone. I think a lot of people say that, yeah. don't they? David yeah. Nugent type. David yeah. Nugent yeah, type. Yeah, Fulham yeah. have got a few of those players. Well, like Knockout. You, you see, if it was if it was the old days and uh, they made a VHS video of your like promotion season or mm. whatever, you know, with like sort of really sort of questionable commentary, bad edits, mm. and and sort of Muzak. I, I feel Muzak. that like. 
Patrick Bamford would be playing saxophone mm. over the scenes where they like lift the title and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, damn right. There we are, gentlemen. Thank you very much for, for listening to the mailbag, everybody. Thank you very much, Andy. Thank you, David. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I hope we answered your questions to your satisfaction. Do uh, check out the Discord um, with the, mail, with the mailbag uh, on, on the Discord where you can get your questions in. Obviously, you can tweet us questions. You can email. You have no excuse for having an unanswered question, unless, of course, there's too many and I can't pick them all on one week. But uh, a bloody pleasure. Have a lovely week, everybody. God bless you. See you soon. This was a Stakhanov production.